Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. I love, I love Robin. She's part of our, she's part of our education, our education department uh, ran by uh, Harvest and all the Bible studies that you guys go by Zoom. We're still keeping those Bible studies. Uh, we realize that not everyone may show up to those Bible studies, so we offered it in Zoom. She's been one of our teachers. She did Judges, the book of Judges. And uh, she's been someone that I've known for a long time. But I'm going to tell you what, she's a teacher, and she has the anointing of God in you, in her. So I want to just remind you, and by the way, she will tell you, I didn't tell her what to preach. When I bring people to the pulpit, I trust, I don't, I don't put that many people up here. It's people that I know that carry character, come on, amen, and the word of the Lord. So I want you to be edified today. I want you to get your Bibles out and let God speak to you. Do not be distracted. Come on, say, turn to someone. Come on, say, don't get distracted at church. Come on, say, don't text in church. Come on, I felt that conviction coming on somebody. Stretch your hands towards Robin. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord God, for this woman of God. I ask that you would speak to us, Lord, today, Lord God, as we, Lord God, open up, Lord God, even in our house, Lord, to give room for the many gifts that are in this house, Lord Jesus, to release the word of God. I ask that you would anoint Robin and touch us prophetically in Jesus' name. Amen. surprised. Uh, <laughs> I was as surprised as you are. Uh, we were visiting family last weekend and I got a text from Pastor George and says, uh, you've been on my heart for a couple days. Do you have a fresh burning word to share next Sunday? Yes. Um, and Mike, he saw me looking at the text. He's like, what's the matter? <laughs> and I'm like, um, and I shared it with him, and I said, well, I want to honor him. Um, the Lord must have something. So I said yes, and actually that's part of the message today, wow. is the yes, that it's not in our own strength. Wow. It's in his, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And yes. then it hit me. I'm like, that's Pentecost Sunday. <laughs> Okay, fear of the Lord, we don't want Uzziah or you know, any of that going on. So, but it's just seeking the heart of the Lord and uh, what he has. So I really began to, okay, Lord, what is on your heart? As they were saying, what's on the Father's heart? And uh, Joanne Banton had messaged me for some scripture, and pretty much I was like, Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. It's just, it's just all about Christ. And honestly, we're starting Genesis 1, and we're getting right away to Revelation 22. Um, but the title and what I felt the Lord say is, Arise and shine, for your light has come. Darkness is trying to hover. It's trying to advance. And we are vessels of his light. And he's saying, arise and shine. I personally believe that the enemy is trying to pull things out of God's timing. He doesn't want the harvest to arise and come forth. But God's plans always prevail. But he needs our yes. And we can't look at our ability 
or our own strength, that will get us nowhere. And today, Pentecost Sunday, we need more than ever the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to pray for because our total dependence is on him. So Genesis 1, now this is in the Passion Translation, says, uh, When God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was completely formless and empty with nothing but darkness draped over the deep. But God's spirit hovered over the face of the waters. And then God announced, let there be light. And light burst forth, and God saw the light as pleasing and beautiful. Let me just stop right there. You are carriers of his light. We're going to go into proof of that later because I'm a geometry teacher, and in geometry you have to prove the theorems, etc. So we take the word. We walk by faith, but we use the word to make uh, proofs. And um, So it says he used the light to dispel the darkness. So don't get overwhelmed with the darkness. He is light. He has called you to be his light. Now, what always kind of fascinated me is the sun and the moon weren't created until day four. So what was that light? What was that light that burst forth? It was God himself who filled the universe with light, his presence and his glory. Now let's go to Revelation 22. The beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. He's everything and all in between. Revelation 22 says, There shall be no night there. They need no lamp, nor light of the sun. For the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. What if the revelation of Christ, the revealing of Christ, initially is through us? We are to reveal Christ and be his light. So the Hebrew verbs that are used there in Genesis 1, 3, I probably won't say this right because it didn't have the little microphone where it says, where you can hit on it and it tells you how to pronounce these words. So work with me. But I don't know if you have that slide. Um, the Hebrew verbs, it's... Yehi, Y-E-H-I, which is let there be, and I guess Wahi, I don't know. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um, and the next one, why, Wahi, what? You got it. Ask the Lord for revelation. Um, <laughs> and there was are both related to the name Yahweh. Yahweh. There he was. There he is. He is the beginning. He is the end. He is the I am. <laughs> so as he released these words of power, the universe has been expanding with his glory. So with the background in math and science, some of you may have seen, you know, they're like, they're finding new things in the universe, right? It's, it's expanding. <laughs> His glory is expanding. His kingdom is expanding and filling the universe now. And, and calculus, and pardon me, um, but it, everyone all of a sudden got this. <laughs> I, get that all, I get that all the time. 
Uh, but, um, <laughs> but it's always about infinity. So in calculus, they actually had to put limits. The limit as X approaches infinity. So there are limits, but God is limitless. He is infinity. And um, what I was really feeling for today is now's the time. Again, arise, shine. We cannot get focused on what's going on around us. And I'm speaking to myself because I see things. I mean, the Lord has, um, it's just heavy on my heart, especially as being in education, a teacher, and um, just a passion for the youth of seeing what's going on and praying for the schools. And so when I heard about what happened in Texas, I mean, it's easy to get discouraged. But I was like, okay, Lord, it just stirred up more in me. Father, I'm asking you to raise up intercessors to cover every school in this nation. Lord, let light arise. Students, arise in the schools. Be that light. Declare the word of the Lord. It's not by our strength, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. So as he released his words of power, as the universe has been expanding, Hebrews 1.3 says, The sun, S-O-N, is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor, the exact expression of God's true nature. His mirror image. He holds the universe together and expands it by the mighty power of his spoken word. The Holy Spirit always works with the word. And we'll get into that a little more later. But the two are hand in hand. So, um, as I mentioned that you are carriers of the vessel of light. I have a little video. And, and Joanne was like, are you sure that's the video? Did I get the right video? Um, yeah, this is, this is the video. And what it reveals is they have discovered that upon conception, there's a light burst. The, his light is imparted upon conception. You are the light of the world. I don't know if they have that video. So we're starting with identity, because the enemy is trying to bring identity confusion everywhere. So identity upon conception, you are the light of the world. You are created in the image of God. 
Just as Hebrews 1 said, the sun is the dazzling, the sun, Christ, is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor, his mirror image, so are you. And this world needs, needs you. It's for such a time as this. And that's what I really felt strongly was, was the commissioning in that. Isaiah 49, 6 says, I will make you to be a light to the nations and to bright the light of my salvation to the ends of the earth. So Jesus said, go to the ends of the earth. And from the title, I apologize. Um, I am skipping around. Um, I told you Genesis to Revelation, so I gave you a warning. Um, but just kind of throwing some things out there because faith comes by hearing and hearing in the word of God. So as we continue to speak out um, the word of God, one, your faith is arising. Two, Holy Spirit is moving good because he hovers over the waters. He moves with the word. So Isaiah 60, um, verses 1 through 4. Again, this is the passion. I'll go back to New King James here. But um, says, rise up in splendor and be radiant, for your light has dawned. And Yahweh's glory, so remember the let there be, Yahweh's glory now streams from you. Look carefully, darkness blankets the earth, and thick clouds cover the nations. But Yahweh arises upon you, and the brightness of his glory appears over you. And nations will be attracted to your radiant light, and kings to the sunrise glory of your new day. So lift up your eyes higher, look all around you, and believe for your... Okay, we're going to prophesy this first. We're going to speak it. We're going to declare it and decree it. This is, um, I didn't put it. I think it's verse 3. But anyway, it's lift up your eyes higher. Look all around you and believe for your sons are returning from far away. Your daughters are being tenderly carried home. And watch as they all gather together, eager to come back to you. Where's the attack right now? It's on the sons and the daughters and this next generation because Psalms 24, 6 says this is the generation that seeks the face of God. This is the generation that is arising and will know him. They've seen darkness. They're being fed it all the time. So they'll recognize light. And that we better be light. We better be light because they're looking for it. They've seen the counterfeit. And anything that the enemy does is just counterfeit of the pure and the holy. Okay, John 8, 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of light. Now, in, in 2006, I had a dream one morning, and it's one of those, you know, where you wake up, your alarm goes off, you hit snooze, and you drift back off to sleep. It was in one of those little seasons. But in the dream, um, it, was, it was like an angel, so I'll say an angel took me to a very high place. I'd say kind of like a lookout point 
but I knew where we were. We were looking out across the United States. And it was completely dark. Then all of a sudden, I saw a light and a light. And they started coming. And there were more lights and more lights across the nation. And then as the nation began to light up, a cloud came and hovered over the lights. So his glory, but we must arise and be light and invite the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will take over and move forth. So I say that for two things. I believe the Lord's not done with the United States of America, number one. Keep praying. And, uh, but also, I believe he is really commissioning his army right now for such a time as this. As, as I was talking with Yvonne this morning, and th she was talking about going to Israel, she said a scripture that came to her has always been in Esther 414. That if you don't, God will call someone else. And uh, he's calling you. He wants you to partner with his heart and do the things that are on his heart. And if you say no, he'll find someone else because his plans prevail and he will go forth. So I, number one, encourage you to say yes. <laughs> and even... Even for today, you know, when I got the text, there were a couple things that um, I realized later. I told Mike last night, and I even got emotional over it because I read the text again, and I was like, was there anything specific, you know, he wanted? And like he said, he didn't give anything. It was, you have a fresh burning word for next Sunday? I'm like, hmm, <laughs> Jesus does. <laughs> um, but... Out of the yes um, came, the Lord started to begin to download some things and put things together. But what got me was, he said, um, the Lord has put you on my heart for a couple days. And I was like, that means I'm on the Lord's heart. What? And you're on the Lord's heart. His plans and purposes are for you. He has written things out, and all he needs is your yes. And I'll share this story just to hopefully kind of stir your faith for one. Um, in 2007, uh, Lou Engel was putting together the call in Nashville on 777, July 7th, 2007. Well, we were taking an intercessor um, from the Justice House of Prayer in D.C. to the airport, and he was talking about it, and I had the thought, oh, yeah, I'd like to go to that. And I felt the Lord say, no, we're going to do that here. And I was like, what? Now, I'm originally from Delaware. Delaware was the first state to sign the Constitution of the United States. And I was like, Okay. And, and that was it. Just kind of sat on it, was looking at different stadiums, this and that. Well, it began to get May of 2007. And just one morning, spending time with the Lord, I felt the Lord say, um, okay, Delaware State University football field, contact the head basketball coach. 
like, okay. Um, I don't know the head basketball coach, but we'll call the athletic department. And anyway, through some phone tag, he called back, and I saw that he was calling back. And I was like, okay, Lord, now what do I say? And I just kind of shared a little bit of the vision with him, and he said, come up to uh, my office and let, let's talk about it. So I did. Within the hour, the entire stadium was reserved at no cost. The uh, basketball and the football players um, were there to help, and all of a sudden, just from a few people sharing it, intercessors and worshipers started to come from across the state. Now, granted, Delaware is only three counties, but <laughs> from all three counties. They st I didn't know these people before then. I had just met them. But the intercessors who heard the voice of the Lord started to come together. And that, honestly, is something that I believe and I'll just pray, Lord, give us ears to hear. Give us ears to hear your voice. We are sheep. You are the good shepherd. We listen to your voice, and we listen to no other. And uh, so let's say communication, cell towers go down. Okay. Fear not, for I am with you. Go to Delaware State University and meet da-da-da-da. And so the Lord is in control of everything, and we just need to abide and stay in tune with him. So what does, um, what does light look like? Well, first of all, something that has really been on my heart is the battle over the eyes. For in Matthew, it says, if your eye is filled with light, your whole body is filled with light. And we have to guard our eyes and what we're looking at. And um, what we even have our focus fixed upon. So back, so I'll go back, Isaiah 60, it was verse 4. It says, lift up your eyes higher. Keep your eyes fixed on things above and not beneath. Keep your eyes fixed on him. Peter, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. You have my yes. I can't walk on water in my own strength. But at your word, I will come. And as long as he kept his eyes fixed on him, he was walking. But also know that the Lord is right there to pull you out. <laughs> when we say help, I say help a lot. Um, Psalms 82, 3 through 6. Defend the defenseless, the fatherless, and the forgotten, the disenfranchised, and the destitute. Um, we need you, and we need you now. <laughs> we need you now. I'm driving through the inner city, and my heart is weeping. My heart is weeping. I'm like, Lord, this is not right. Fathers, arise, go forth. We're working with all these young men. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, but young men, young men, 
Come on, we're praying you in, so I know you'll hear the voice of the Lord because we're, we're praying you in, <laughs> um, because they, they, need, they need you. Okay, your duty is to deliver the poor and the powerless, liberate them from the grasp of the wicked, but you continue in your darkness while the foundations of society are shaken to the core. Didn't I commission you as judges? saying, you are all like God, since you judge on my behalf, you are all like sons of the Most High. So you are sons because you carry his light. You are the light bearers, and he's asking you to go out, whether it's at your, at your job, in Walmart, in the marketplace, if you're in school, in the schools, and that could be just just praying, Lord, what's on your heart? Give me a verse. What do you want me to release right now? And um, just cover the area and release his light. Lord, I release your light over this place right now. We release your light. Holy Spirit, come. Have your way. So I've talked about all he needs is your yes. And uh, honestly, that yes is propelled by love. So when Jesus was in the garden, I believe he was struggling with a yes. But love propelled him to say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. And sometimes, you know, with us, we're looking at, oh, I, I can't do this. And honestly... You know, when I got the text and I was thinking about things, again, we're away on vacation. I knew it was a busy week, and I was like, okay. Um, but just trusting, trusting the Lord. Lord, you, you have something, and so we just ask you to impart and release it. And as Mike and I were, were driving back, um, he, he's an electrician. And so I asked him, I said, uh, so, hon, how was light sustained before electricity? And he said, oil. <laughs> and uh, so oil is symbolism of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 25, you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. They weren't effective, they weren't light, and they didn't have the Holy Spirit. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. Then all those virgins arose, trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. 
You have to have, you have to spend time with the Lord. You have to seek him, seek his face. And right now, one thing we're really praying is the seven spirits of God come. The spirit of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, the fear of the Lord, counsel, might, the spirit of the Lord. Solomon prayed for wisdom, but he started to not walk in the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord's the beginning of all wisdom. We must ask for all, all seven, the completion to walk in the fear of the Lord. From there, when we walk in the fear of the Lord, he imparts wisdom. He imparts knowledge. And can I just say as a side note, when he does, let's say he gives you a word of knowledge and reveals something to you, say a sin someone's dealing with. My personal thing is it's not for you to... uh, Blast, say, hey, the Lord's asking me to pray for you. Are you dealing with something right now? And just, you know, approaching in love and let God, God handle it. Exodus 25, 6. Oil is for the light and spices for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense. And Proverbs 1, 23, surely I will pour out my spirit upon you. I will make my words known to you. So Jesus is the word. How did he speak to his disciples? He spoke to them in parables, parables, because he was making the word known to them. The others couldn't understand, okay? But there was revelation coming with his words that he was making it known to them. So as we get in the word, the Holy Spirit brings the revelation because the Holy Spirit always reveals Christ and honors Christ who always brought honor to the Father. And they work work together in that. So today, uh, Pentecost Sunday, (laughs) Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you. Pentecost is the seventh week after Passover, the completion. And 50 days, year of Jubilee. You're entering in, PG. Year of Jubilee. (laughs) I prayed that same thing last October. (laughs) I was like, Lord, now's the time. Um, So the Holy Spirit moves by the power of the word. So you must know the word. Example, John the Baptist in the womb. Elizabeth meets Mary, who's carrying the word. John the Baptist is filled with the Holy Spirit. What happens? The Holy Spirit's activated around the word. So there's the word of God and the Holy Spirit. It's like, come on, come on. All right. So you release the word. The Holy Spirit will do the rest. Jesus, when he was baptized, boom, there's the word of God. There comes the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted. 
I tend to pray what Jesus prayed, lead me not into temptation, Father God. <laughs> Deliver me from evil. We're going with that one. But, uh, <laughs> but the Holy Spirit does the equipping and the strengthening and the grace. <laughs> so grace, mercy, and peace. So Acts 10, <laughs> Acts 10, chapter 15, I'm sorry, chapter 10, verse 15, this is Peter, and he said, shortly after I began to speak, the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them, just like what happened to us at the beginning, and I remember the words the Lord had told us, John baptized you in water, but you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's a promise. And right now, I believe, um, well, I believe we can all see, as the Lord is shaking the systems in the core of the earth, that um, what Jesus confronted is still being confronted, and that is the religious spirit. Because it's a religious spirit that hinders the flow of the Holy Spirit. So when the Lord says, hey, do this, you hear because he wants to do something mighty and amazing through it. What if one Sunday, Pastor George heard, hey, I want you to speak first and then do the worship. You know, just it sounds crazy, but it's how he does. So it's being in tune with the Lord and uh, what he's doing because to change a culture Hearts must change and turn to the Lord. And that only comes through truth and pure love through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, also back in, I believe this was 2006 also. Um, first, I'll say, I believe many of you may be feeling a transition. There's a stirring and you're like, what is it? It looks a little different than it did before. What's happening right now? Um, back in 2004, um, I'm showing my age too. I've already reached the year of Jubilee, PG. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> um, but as a teacher, we were called to an emergency staff meeting one morning. And in the staff meeting, we were informed that one of my students had taken his own life. And I never saw it coming. To me, he was the class clown. And there were no warning signs. And it began to really burden me. I'm like, Lord, how did I miss that? How am I not in tune with you and what you're saying that I, I missed that and I, and I couldn't reach out? And so the Lord then began to just download some things. And we initially started teen girl weekend retreats. And uh, the one evening we had the girls... Um, if they had questions, they could put it on a piece of paper anonymously, and we would just pull it out and talk and minister to them. Well, a lot more came out than I was ever prepared for. But the Holy Spirit took yeah. over, and I watched him move, and I was like, I didn't even know, know about that. And he was also opening my eyes to what is going on and the attacks of the enemy around us. 
And so there was a season, you know, being in the classroom full time. And I'm like, ah, but Lord, that's burdening my heart. And I know I, and this transition, well, it was um, in 2005 when he led me to uh, a conference in Fort Lauderdale. The Lord's been bringing me to Florida for <laughs> a long time. Yeah, yeah. Fire, fire, fire. Um, and sitting up at the top was um, a speaker got up, and it was the founder of House of Hope. And as she began speaking, she had a teenage girl with her. And as they were talking, I began weeping uncontrollably. And it just so happened that a close friend of mine from high school who, um, well, at that time she said she was an atheist. We're still you know, moving forward, but she decided to come with me that day, too, and it was a Women of Faith conference, and I'm sitting there uncontrollably weeping, and she's like, what's going on with you? And I said, I don't know. I don't know, but the Lord said, that's it, and I've got to find out, but it was the Lord downloading his heart, and he will lead, so if you're in transition, just let him guide you, and he will say, that's it. But continue to seek and wait upon him as he's equipping, even in the transition. And even through that, what it was then, now, it's kind of transitioned um, as you keep walking and journeying with him. So we pray for the seven spirits of the Lord. We need you, Holy Spirit. In Genesis 11, verse 6, it talks about them being all in one accord, and nothing was impossible for them. But their one accordness was pride and exalting themselves to be like God. And so he scrambled it and brought and scrambled the, the languages and dispersed them all across the earth. But Zephaniah 3, 9, he tells us, for then I will restore to the people a pure language that they all may call on the name of the Lord to serve him with one accord. So in Acts 2, they are in one accord. So Christ ascended, and I will say in 2020 when I was asking the Lord for just specific words, it was like one little word at a time. The first one was ascend, and I've shared this with some of you before. And then it was access. After that, it was occupy. And then dominion. Because he's given us dominion and authority. So once Christ ascended, we had access to the Holy Spirit. He's ascended. He's calling us to ascend. We have access to the Holy Spirit. So as they were waiting in one accord and the Holy Spirit poured out upon them. As you know, 3,000 were saved in a day. And that's our prayer. And I really believe we're getting ready to step into some of this and, and see this. And this is called remnant for a reason. And what helps me feel so honestly comfortable speaking with you, even though I was really nervous. I was like, okay. <laughs> but is you are familiar. <laughs> I'm learning. 
<laughs> and I also know, being around so many of you, your hearts are so hungry for the Lord. Your hearts are hungry for his people around you, for the hurting, for the lost, for the broken. And I feel the Lord saying, okay, now's the time. Arise. Don't look at this. Don't let the enemy tell you, well, you used to this and you used to that. Keep your eyes fixed on but Forward. Look at where he's taking you and what Christ did for you. His yes covers your yes. So as I was um, kind of praying through some of this, the, I felt the Lord, well, he reminded me and to look at, and this is the last chapter um, of a book I wrote a while ago, but um, in it, it starts with, kind of a vision I had about a, a village of people sleeping and an army was approaching uh, to pillage the village um, in that. And when they were actually having the call in D.C., um, I felt I heard two words then, which were complacency and stagnation. So complacency stagnation, compromise, and I'm even going to add similes. <laughs> similes, they are um, tools of the enemy. And why do I say similes? Revelation 9, there is one like, there is one like. The enemy will try to come and appear like the real. So we have to have the discernment and the wisdom of the Lord to discern, hmm, looks like, smells like, not it. Looks like, smells like, not it. <laughs> Mike, my husband is an identical twin. And in high school, um, people were like, how can you tell them apart? I'm like, I know his voice. His voice is a little different. I know some of his actions. They're a little different. I could pick up the phone and know if I was talking to Mike or to Mark. And, and our kids could, too. They, they could recognize. And so as we draw close to the Lord, we recognize. Looks like, smells like, even in the days of Moses. Oh, you can do this? I can do this, too. You can do this? I can do this too. But can you love like Jesus? The one thing the enemy cannot copy is pure love. That's why he perverts it. That's another one. So I'm just going to read what was written here because he, he just brought it back to me. Um, hmm, no, right before that. Sorry. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say in the beginning, in Genesis, he separated things, correct? He separated um, 
the waters above, the waters below. There was some separation. The land he pulled out. But what cannot, there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. No depth, nor height, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. The only thing that will separate you, and it's not from the love of God that will separate you from his presence, is you. So it says, awakened with reminding awareness of the advancing army of darkness, I prepare to run to the village to gather the people and alert them to arise. The breath of God is released from the four directions of the earth, and a great army begins to arise and stand on its feet, cloaked in the righteousness of Christ, embraced in the love of the Father, and equipped in the Holy Spirit. The weapon of their warfare comes from the seven torches that stand before the throne, yielding the sevenfold spirit of God, which emanates wisdom, knowledge, understanding, counsel, might, and the fear of the Lord in the Holy Spirit. There is no time for delay, for the oil in our lamps must be ready and our hearts alert. The great wedding feast has been prepared. I turn and gaze upon my Lord. I fall at his feet at the revelation of his holiness, majesty, and love. There's no time to delay. We're watching things um, even as we go out. And there is a cry. And you know what? The Lord has only allowed us to hear a glimpse of the cry that he hears. And so for such a time as this, um, I'm encouraging you to seek him, not in our own strength, but in his. And as I was sharing this with someone a little bit the other night, she was praying, um, she said, have you heard the latest word from Veronica West? Well, I was like, no, I, I haven't. Um, so she sent it to me, and I thought, hmm. So I'm just going to kind of skim through parts of it because I do feel that this is part of a now word. The Spirit says to us today, you are mine, I have chosen you, that you may reveal the beauty of my glory to the ends of the earth. You are glory carriers, you carry his light. He's calling you to carry it everywhere you go. Beloved, come near, for there is much work to be done. I have need of you. You are vital to the unveiling of my plan and purposes in the earth. I desire to do a beautiful and lasting work, and you have been handpicked for this work of my kingdom in the nations. Yes, you. Surely, I will not only use those who make themselves available, but those who love me in such a way as to enhance and reflect my glory to all. As the commander of heaven and earth, I require my warriors to be totally surrendered, having an undivided heart, a life given in complete abandonment and with a dedicated devotion to my heart's desires being made manifest in the earth. Like the love a mother has for her unborn child. <laughs> Got both sides. <laughs> my love and commitment towards you is unrivaled and steadfast, faithful and incomprehensible. This day I call you to come up higher and to walk the narrow way with me, laying aside all that weighs you down, 
Self-pleasing ways must be relinquished and the comforts that the things of this world offer must be released. If you are to fully embrace the beauty and lasting abundance I have prepared and stored up for you, yes, in your own strength you will fail and in your own might and power you will be defeated. For by my spirit you are not unworthy and not unprepared unless your love has grown cold and your faith is lacking. And if this be true, beloved, come near to us. Um, He will fill us with the empty spaces and places within you. He will reignite your love and breathe life upon the seed of your faith. Pastor George this morning was talking about just a mustard seed of faith, and that's all it is. And I believe that mustard seed is your yes. It's just your yes. And when you give him your yes... It can grow, and his glory will fill expansion and continue growing like the yeast. So give him your yes. Pastor George. (laughs) Well, let's give it up for Robin. We love you, the word of God. Listen. Here's the thing. She has a different style than me, but the word is the word. Come on, amen? I was sitting in the chair. I'm like, man, she is so deep, but she's so calm the way. You know, I'm like, you know, Johnny, you know, and she's just like, and light is just the beam. She's just so calm and just. (laughs) The word of God is in you, I, I, have, uh, I have one scripture that you actually confirmed. I was seeing that when you were preaching. And I have a, a call. This is a serious prophetic word before we end. How many enjoyed the word today? Again, I want to say this. Don't get caught up in uh, the style. Get caught up in the word. Right, Because we do have different styles, and I'm more energetic, and I'm more of a preacher. But let me tell you, the word ran so, I mean, there must have been at least 50 scriptures today, right? But, I, but it's the teacher. We need that office, that pinky, right? The teacher. Uh, but while she was speaking, this is what I heard. And then she actually confirmed it. Um, I was, you were speaking before you even mentioned it. I want to see back there, Luke chapter 11. Uh, if the worship team could just play something in the background, verse 34. And you said it. She was talking about what? What was she talking about today? Come on, young people. I want to test you. Light. That your light shall, uh, you shall arise in light, that you are the light of the world. She talked about, and this is for uh, uh, us mature folks too, older folks, right? It's verse 34, Luke chapter 11, verse 34 in the New King James. Okay? Now, I... I I felt so strong. Uh, please hear this. I'm coming to a close. I had a shirt yesterday that says five more minutes. I'm closing. <laughs> I could have done this to you guys. Anyway. Anyways, I heard this scripture, guys. Uh, if all can zoom in, in the la- just give me five minutes, then we're going to have a visitor's luncheon. Um, but I wanted to encourage you with this. At our church, if you're new, you're used to, you're used to having... Uh, the display of the gifts of the Spirit. Today is Pentecost Sunday. It's funny. You know that you're in a charismatic church when it's Pentecost Sunday. That means we celebrate the gifts of the Spirit. We give people opportunities to get prayed for. 
But I felt while Robin was speaking, uh, I heard this scripture. She mentioned it. She mentioned it. She didn't go to it. Look at verse 34. Everyone, I want you to see this because she was talking about light. Everybody say light. So the lamp of the body is the eye. This is what she, listen. Therefore, when your eye, when your eye is good. Now, I'm not talking about 20-20 vision. I'm not talking about if you don't have allergies. That's not what it's talking about. All right, because I have a red eye. There's some people that you don't have a good eye. I'm not talking about a lazy eye. I'm talking about your spiritual eye. Listen to me, what you allow, because this is key. She's talked, the whole sermon, she's talking about arising, yes, and being a light. But you and I, I realize we cannot be lights if we don't filter or recognize what's coming through our eyes. Now, here's, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this one statement. Okay, look. Therefore, when your eye is good, in other words, what you allow through the lens of your eye, what you choose to partake in, what you choose to behold, what you choose to be entertained, watch this, or fascinated by, then your whole body, your whole body will be full of light. Full of light. We, dicta- we could dictate the amount of the light of God Simply by guarding what we see. Are you reading the word on a daily basis? His word is a what? Come on. Light. Now watch this now. But it gets, here's the flip side and I'm going to close with this. But when your eye is bad, listen, your whole body is full of darkness. I want to say something really deep before we close. If you've lost a little bit of your fire, maybe you've lost a little bit of your gaze. Back to the Lord. I'm going to say this. If you neglect time in the Word, here's what I feel that I want to share. Especially with this generation of youth and young adults, I want to challenge you. It's for everybody. But there's been, the reason why you, some of you, your generation is struggling to stay consistent is because there's a fascination for worldly things, like things that, that, would, that would easily appease your loneliness. And there's a lack of fascination and awe and wonder for the beauty of Jesus. That's, the, that's number one. If you young people could privately tell me what's your biggest struggle, it's to stay consistent with the Lord. But why is it such a struggle to stay consistent with the Lord? It's because what is being in here, that is being produced in here, it all starts with what you choose to gaze. Now, you may say, well, I don't, I don't look at pornography, but are you looking at the Word? Right? I believe fire in our heart dies when we do not gaze our eyes spiritually on the Word of God. Listen. I'm telling you, I heard that statement. There's a fascination, sorry, there's a lack of fascination for the Lord, and there's a high fascination for the things of this world, and this generation is at war. Let me tell you, the enemy is after your eyes. Why? Because he's after your light. He, he's after your eyes because he's after your light. Now watch this. Some of you, what your eyes are seeing is someone getting beat in your house or something that your eyes are seeing is darkness in your home in whatever form and then now therefore you have 
this battle inside of you. I want us to stand, please. If the Bible is true, how many believe the Bible is true? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop going behind the bush, around the bush, and I'm gonna go straight to it. Some of you are bored with Jesus. It got quiet up in here. You're just bored. You're bored with church. If I could show you statistics, one of these days I will. I've been studying it, and it's, it's shocking to me, scary and alarming. They say 40% of millennials your age don't want anything to do with, with church anymore. 40%? Are you kidding me? But if I could be honest, it's not always the church's fault. Because like I always say all the time, if you're on fire, your church will be on fire. If you're gazing at Jesus and everybody else is gazing at Jesus and we're looking at the word together, we will come in this building full of excitement, ready to explode with the Lord. But if we're not gazing on the word, if we only crack open the word when we come on Sundays, we're always going to struggle with darkness because we have very little light coming in our eyes. How do you think lust comes into your heart? Through osmosis? Through your eyes. How do you think the word of God comes into your heart? By listening and through your eyes. Light comes through what you see. And so her, her, her sermon, arise, shine, for your light has come. I believe this prophetic to finally say, I'm going to do something with my eyes. I guarantee you, if you gaze less, everybody say less, on the opportunity that the world has given you, you will starve it. You will starve it. You starve the world by not looking at it. <laughs> oh, this is so good. You starve it, but you don't understand. I'm struggling. I'm lonely. And you look. What happened to... What happened to Lot? What happened to Lot? Hot, lost wife, sorry. She turned into what? Some adobo, right? Some, some salt and some. You know why? You know why? Are you ready? She looked back. My prayer today, close your eyes. What are you looking at? Come on. What is your eyes filled with? Do you struggle with being fascinated with the world? Let me just say this. Do you, youth and young adults, this generation, do you struggle being consistent with God? What are you looking at? Is the word consuming you? Hide your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. There's a call today to arise. We, we can't arise if we're, if we're looking at things with our eyes that's causing our bodies to be full of darkness. Jesus said this, if your eye is good with full light, then your whole body is full of light. But if your eye is bad, come on, if your eye is bad, what you're looking, for, what you're looking at is bad. Don't expect light to overcome darkness when you're spending more time looking at darkness than light. So, Father, today I pray that we would rise, as Robin said, 
today that we would arise. I know there's not a lot of shouting today. There's not a lot of hoopla, but today I'm asking you would restore a fascination with Jesus again. That you would restore our eyes going back to the Bible, looking back to the pages of the Word. That our eyes would not be on the things. Like I had a, I had a, I had a vision years ago that I never shared. And I saw like a, a superhero, and a superhero was being drained of strength every time it looked at, at a certain thing. And it's like our powers, our spiritual fire and fervor gets drained every time we look at things that we shouldn't look or entertain things we shouldn't look to. But I felt the Lord this morning while Robin was saying is, you're not looking enough. That's what I'm, I hear. In other words, we're looking at the word. But we're looking at it once, and I'm not trying to be legalistic, once a week. We have to look at the Word every day. We have to look at it. We have to gaze at it. We have to stare at it. Generation, I want to say this to you prophetically. If, it's, if you find yourself bored at church, what are you gazing at? Seriously. Well, the preacher's not good. I need, so, I need someone to hit a home run for me to get excited. No, you don't. Just look at the Word. He's the light of the world. Amen. So, Father, I pray today, just awake, wake us up. Just feel this dullness of my spirit just that I'm picking up. Break through, rise, shine. Lord, today, we make a covenant with you with our eyes. That's what Job did. That's what men of God did. That they would not look at anything that will be compromising. Now, by the way, looking means also entertaining something. So it doesn't mean physically looking at it with your eyes, but it could be going back, going back to this. Always going back to this one particular thing. And it's going to drain that light. She talked about the inner city and how very few people are going with her to the inner cities. It's time to arise, church. So today, Lord God, I pray that you would wake us up. Wake us up, Lord God, to righteousness. Come on, say that with me. So make me, wake me up, Lord, to righteousness. I give you my eyes again for light to come. The light of the gospel. The light of God. I ask you, Lord God, for this week to give me a hunger. Come on, in your own words. A hunger for your word. A hunger, Lord, for your presence. A hunger for righteousness. I heard the Lord say this just now. Some of you may not be looking with your physical eyes, but you're looking at it with your fleshly eyes. In the flesh, your relationships. Is it honoring the Lord? Listen, I hear this from the Lord right now. Is your, re is your dating or friendship or spousal relationship honoring the Lord? Or do you just love that person? Is your relationship bringing you closer to the Lord? Help us to arise today, God. If we could just worship one time, guys, and then we're going to dismiss. Let's just let this word sink in. End the boredom in our lives, Lord. We shouldn't be bored as the people of God. Lord, we should be exhilarating with joy and fervor and passion for Jesus. Go ahead, Joanne.
Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.